This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources or info, check out our website www.anchorchurch.com.au And good morning Anchor Church and friends and family of Scott and Ruth. My name is Matt. Uh, lead pastor at Anchor, and it is so wonderful to have you with us this morning as we, uh, this is a big, big morning for us as we commission and send out Scotty and Ruth. But before we get there, I need to give you our monthly budget update. Um, so I'm going to throw a bunch of figures at you rapid fire. Um, this is really to inform our church about where we're tracking with our budget as we're going forward, and um, just to take a moment to thank some of the guys on our board of ops. So The month of August, we had a budget surplus of about $1,500. You'll see there on the graph behind me that we're uh, we're in the black, which is good. So well done, church. It was a good recovery from last month's uh, $3,500 deficit. We gave about the same amount of money as we did last month, $34,000. So that is a result of some reduced costs. Um, We have 221 people who call this church home, 221 adults, and of that number, 128 of you are giving, so that equates to about 58% of our anchor family who are partnered with us financially in the work of the gospel here in our city. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you for your, uh, your giving. Where we need to be heading forward is probably where we were in May and June, which is upwards of about the, the $39,000 a month mark. For the following reasons, um, we've got some increased costs that have really just hit us in the last couple of weeks. So we've started financially supporting Scott and Ruth. That support is within our budget, so that's not an additional cost. But two additional costs that are new are this second service. We have to pay extra money for the time and the staff that we use this facility for. So we've got some increased venue costs that we've hit. And we've also got James Dawson, our new executive pastor, starting on the 16th of October. And so that is an increased staff cost. Both of those costs are on top of our budget um, that we have this year. And so moving forward, we've got some increased costs. We need to get our giving up to match them. And so we always seem to finish the year strong. So I would encourage you to do that, Anchor. Let's finish the year well for whatever reason. That's just how we do it at Anchor. We start slow, we finish strong. So please do that again this year. Otherwise, we'll be in a bit of trouble. Um, but let me just say, if you have, if you're a part of our church family here, and your giving has lapsed for whatever reason, please jump back on board. We've got 137 givers uh, a few months ago. We're now, now down to 128, but we've got more people in our church family than we did two months ago. So um, there's a bit of ebb and flow there. So if your giving has lapsed, please jump back on board. If you're not giving at all, please join us. Or perhaps, and this is probably more likely you're new and you haven't started giving yet, then can I encourage you to head to the Connect Desk this morning, pick up our little giving brochure. Uh, Inside that brochure, it'll give you all of the reasons why we give and some of the mechanics of how to do it. So please pick that up there on the Connect Desk this morning and take the time to financially partner with us. we want to say thank you so much for those who have given over the last month. Your contributions are significant. It, allow us, it allows us to meet here. It allows us to free up our staff from having to work so that they can serve you, our church, and our city. So thank you for your partnership. A few uh, months ago, we also announced, we asked you to pray uh, for a new replacement on our board of operations for Sarah Ashby, Sarah and Reese are having a baby and baby Ashby is due in the next couple of weeks. And so Sarah is stepping down from that board and I'm pleased to announce this morning that um, Robert Tuera is going to be stepping in. So is Rob here this morning? 
Yes, down here. Let's give Rob a round of applause. Thank you, brother, for, for doing that. Rob is a qualified accountant. Thank you, Jesus, for qualified accountants. Um, and he will be filling in where Sarah was serving alongside Pete, our, um, our treasurer, overseeing our finances. Uh, this is a really crucial role in our church. So please pray for Rob as he steps into that. It's a significant responsibility. But thank you, brother, for doing that. And is Sarah here this morning? Is Sarah here at all? I can't see her. We did have a gift for her, but she's not here. So for the sake of the podcast, let's just give her a nice cheer and clap and thank her for her service. And hopefully she listens. But Sarah has been serving on the Board of Ops uh, on our finance team for the last couple of years and has done a fantastic job. She has a wonderful eye for detail. She has stewarded our financial resources amazingly and has been really on top of stuff. So if you see Sarah in the next couple of weeks, please take a moment to thank her for the part that she's played and the role that she's had in that. So thank you, Anka, for your giving your contribution. It's really significant. We value it. We love that we get to do this together, that we get to serve our city and you play a part with your giving in that. So I'm going to give thanks to God for his provision for us and pray now that he would speak to us as we come before him in his word. So please join me as I pray. Father God, we thank you that you are abundantly generous to us. We thank you that you're good. We thank you that you did not withhold anything from us in giving your son. God, we pray that you would stir and foster the same attitude and spirit in us, your people, that we would live lives of generosity, that we would be generous towards your work of the kingdom here. I thank you for every person who's given. God, I pray that you would continue to stir a spirit of generosity amongst your people. God, we bring before you our increased needs and pray that you would meet them with abundance. And Father, we pray now as we come before you in your word, please help us to sit humbly underneath it. Please speak to us by your spirit. Please equip us to play our part in this grand mission that you've called us to. We pray now. We're ready to hear you speak, Lord. We're expectant. We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, I'm sure you would recognize what this is. It's a can of Coke. And you can almost go anywhere in the world and find one of these. In fact, on a hot summer's day, this sound right here just may be the best sound you've ever heard in the world. Some call this black gold. Oh, so good. Coke's vision statement. Does anyone know what Coke's vision statement is? It's to refresh the world in body, mind, and spirit. <laughs> to refresh the world. Now, you've got to admit they've done a pretty good job of going global, have they not? In fact, Nicole Moran was just telling me that a few years ago, she was walking the Kokoda Trail and like six days into it, they're above the clouds and on the Kokoda Trail, almost out of the earth into the atmosphere, there's this little stall selling bananas and cans of Coke. Can you believe it? You can go anywhere in the world. You can go to the Middle East, you go to Africa, you go to deepest South Asia, and you will find cans of Coke for sale. Mm. You can understand why it's so good. That's an ambitious vision statement, is it not? To refresh the world in body, mind, and spirit. Now, let's be fair. I mean, obviously, a can of Coke on a hot summer's day could be refreshing to the body, give you some, you know, some energy with all the sugar that's packed in there. It may refresh the mind with the caffeine hit that's in it. 
But I just I wonder about the spiritual aspect. Like I'm just wondering how a can of carbonated water with sugar and caffeine can really have an impact on the soul and on the spirit. My guess is that the vision statement not only is ambitious, but someone misguided at the same time. Because my guess is that rather than refreshing the world with body, mind and spirit, it just gives us obesity, diabetes and dental cavities. I mean, that's probably the truth of what happens when you drink that. But who cares? It's so good. You know, the mission that Jesus gives his church, the vision statement that we have is no less global than Coke's. The commission that Jesus gives his church is to bless the whole world, to bless everyone with the good news. And his people, the agents with which he will use that are his church, his people. This morning we get to finish our series called Follow Me. We've been looking at the last nine weeks, what it looks like to be a disciple. Two weeks ago, Brad Kernerman asked the question, who makes disciples? And the answer was, you do. Everyone, every single person, every follower of Jesus who is a disciple is also a disciple maker. Last week, Alnado asked the question, how do we make disciples? The answer is, With the word, we sow the word, we preach the gospel, we apply the gospel to each other's hearts and minds and lives. We sow the word in our city so that those who have not heard can experience and encounter God's love. So who is everyone? How is by the word? And today's question is where? Where do we make disciples? Where do we sow the word? What field do we do that in? And the answer is everywhere, everywhere, to everyone. That's what Jesus tells us in his Great commission that Mitch read for us in Matthew 28. Have a look at Matthew 28, verse 19. This is what Jesus says to his disciples. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Not some, not a few, not most, all nations. Make disciples of all nations. That's huge. That's like world changing. That's big. That's global. That's, that's bigger than Coca-Cola. This is everyone, everywhere. Make disciples of all nations. That's a large scope. That's a big vision. Kind of reminds me of some of the the large visions that we see of corporations and NGOs. Like one of my favorites is the slogan, Make Poverty History. That's significant, right? Imagine if we could pull that off on a global scale to eradicate human poverty. That's the type of mission that Jesus gives to 11 scruffy, uneducated disciples to make disciples of all nations, everyone, everywhere, everyone, everywhere. It's kind of a little bit different from the original commission that Jesus gave to his disciples. I don't know if you remember it. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus kind of gives this little mini commission to the disciples. In Matthew 10, 5, this is what he says. These 12 Jesus sent out instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel, to the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. You get to Matthew 28 and now Jesus expands that mission before it was focused and narrowed only to the house of Israel. Now it is to all nations. Before it was limited, go nowhere, go only. Now it is go everywhere to everyone. 
And we know that this is what Jesus intended because you fast forward a few chapters into the first few chapters of the book of Acts and the disciples are doing what? They've been filled with the Spirit after Pentecost and they're just hanging out in Jerusalem. And so God gives them a little nudge and that nudge comes in the form of persecution. As Stephen is martyred and the church is persecuted, what happens? The believers scatter. And as they scatter, they take the good news with them and begin to proclaim in the nations around them. God sends them, everyone, everywhere. This is what God originally intended from the very beginning. Remember the promise that God gave to to Abram in Genesis 19? He said, Abram, through your family, I will bless all of the families of the earth. Everyone will be blessed through you. I think about the promise that God gave through Moses in Exodus chapter 19. As Moses tells Israel who they were supposed to be, he says to them, I have chosen you, Israel, out of all of the nations of the earth. I've chosen you. I've made you mine for a purpose, that you would be a kingdom of priests. And that's what priests do. They're a go-between between people, bringing God to people and God to the, and the people to God. And I've called you to be a holy nation, to draw the nations to me, to lift up the name of Yahweh. Or think about the promise that the prophet Micah gives in Micah chapter 4, as he looks at the mountain of the Lord and says, the nations will flow to the mountain. They will come to worship at the mountain of the Lord. Think of the picture of Revelation 7, as John pulls open the curtain and we get to glimpse the future and we see what? A throng of people, a multitude of people gathered around the throne and the Lamb and they are from every tribe and every tongue and every nation and every language worshipping Jesus. That's God's plan from the very beginning that the knowledge of the glory of God would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Everyone, everywhere, everyone and everywhere. That's the Great Commission. It's the same thing that drove the Apostle Paul. Remember Paul who said, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. He says this in Romans chapter 15, verse 20. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see. And those who have never heard will understand. Just the one thing that we are called to, the one commission that we are given is to go and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples to everyone in every place everywhere that's that's what Jesus told us to do before he left everyone everywhere that we would make Jesus known but you kind of got to pause there and think well I mean in 2018 in globalized pluralistic, secular world. Is that not a bit presumptuous to say that Christians should take their worldview into other contexts and other cultures and force their worldview on it? Is that, haven't we moved past that in this day and age? Well, the reality of this universal global mission rests on the universal global authority of Jesus. Jesus is the one It says there at the start, who has all authority. He says, I have all authority in heaven and on earth. All authority. 
There is not a square millimetre of this world that does not belong to Jesus. Every nation, every political system, every person, every country, every language, every culture, all of it belongs to Jesus. He is king. This is his world. There is not a single nation or culture that he cannot claim, that he cannot demand worship from because he has made us. This is his world. This commission comes from the king. Everyone, everywhere, because Jesus has sent us. You know, many years ago, I'm not sure I'm going to get through this sermon without losing my voice, but we'll see how we go. I tend to get a little excited about mission. That's just kind of my thing. Anyway, back to the Coke. Mm, So good. A couple of years ago when I was a youth pastor, I was teaching scripture at Rudy Hill High School. Wonderful school. And they had this policy at Rudy Hill High School of what they called the principal's courier. The principal's courier was the kid that um, sat on this like vinyl chair outside of the principal's office and would run errands for the principal. Say they would have to go and tell this kid to come to the principal's office or send a note to a teacher. And as the principal's courier, you could walk down any corridor at any point in the day. It doesn't matter if the rest of the students were supposed to be in class, you could go anywhere. Teacher comes out and says, what are you doing out of class? You shouldn't be here. I'm the principal's courier. I can go wherever I want. So you could strut the halls of Rudy Hill High School with swagger, knowing that no one can get you in trouble because you are the principal's courier. You are sent with authority. And church, I want to tell you we are sent with authority. The king of the universe has commissioned us everywhere, everyone, to lift up the name of Jesus. You know, um, the, the very famous John Wesley, the 18th century Anglican minister and the father of the Methodist movement, uh, once joined John Wesley in outdoor preaching. Now, today, outdoor preaching for us seems quite normal. You know, Easter in the park is normal or carols in the park is normal or someone standing on a street corner on the, on the milk crate is, well, it's not really normal, is it? But um, it still happens. We still see it a lot. But preaching outside of a church building in the 1700s was not normal. No one did it until John, George Whitfield came along and started preaching the gospel outside of the walls of a church building. John Wesley decided to join him and his Anglican brothers and sisters were so angry with him for not respecting the parish boundaries that they ostracized him and criticized him. And to that, Wesley said this in response. I love it. He said, I look upon all the world as my parish. Thus far I mean that in whatever part of it I am, I judge it, meet, right, and my burden, duty to declare unto all who are willing to hear the glad tidings of salvation. There is no cultural, there is no ecclesiastical, there is no political boundary which the Great Commission does not transcend. We echo Wesley when we say the whole world is our parish. We have been sent and commissioned by King Jesus. There is no personal place outside of the scope of God's plan and purpose. Not the kids in our kids' ministry program right now, not the teenagers in our youth ministry, not the children that we've sponsored in the projects in Cebu in the Philippines, not the homeless person up on King Street, not your neighbour in your apartment complex, not the Muslim refugee in Auburn, not the person who is in Long Bay jail because of their crimes, not even the successful affluent 
middle-class young professional living in urban Sydney. Everyone, everywhere, everyone, and everywhere. Everyone, everywhere. There's no place, no time in history, no country or continent, no culture or subculture, but everyone and everywhere. Now, sure, God may not have called you to go plant a messy church amongst marginal peoples in the Philippines and reached unreached people groups in the hill country. That may not be your call. But he has called each of you somewhere. And chances are that somewhere is right here. And he has called you to someone. And chances are that someone are the people that God has placed right in front of you in your everyday life. Maybe your going doesn't necessitate a visa and a plane flight and raising support. Maybe your going is just simply your everyday. The things that you do, your nine to five. Maybe it's local. That's the field that you will scatter the seed in is a local field right here, right where you are, right where God has placed you. Indeed, where we believe God has sovereignly and prophetically called you to be on everyday mission. That's why at Anchor we talk about doing life together in community and on mission, redeeming the everyday stuff of life and making all of what we do about the Great Commission. It's what we believe Jesus has called us to. We desire to be disciples who would sow the word, as Alnado reminded us last week, sowing the word into each other's lives, but also sowing the word into a city that desperately needs to hear about the message of hope that only Jesus offers. And maybe that's your nine to five. Or maybe that's just your neighborhood, your, your context. Ordinary, everyday things like taking the rubbish bin out on bin night. I think of the story of Ethan, who used to be a part of our church, who on whatever bin night is in Summer Hill, was on that night taking his rubbish out and putting his wheelie bin which means he lived in a house because most of you who live in apartments don't have that problem because your strata company just does it for you, right? You, just, you put the, the, the uh, rubbish down the chute and it just disappears magically. It's amazing. Someone has to come and take that away. But Ethan was putting his own bins out on the, the, the nature strip out the front and it just so happened that his neighbour also was putting his bins out and that neighbour was Adam Podger. And Ethan struck up a conversation, said, hi, we're neighbours, let me introduce myself to you. Eventually, after a friendship developed, Ethan invited Adam and his wife Hannah to church and they came to church. And then they got an invitation to a gospel community and they came to gospel community and then eventually they got an invitation to introducing Jesus and they went to introducing Jesus and they've been involved and embedded in community and that has led to Adam renewing his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because of a simple moment of putting a rubbish bin on the nature strip and saying hello to a neighbour. Maybe that's your field, right here, locally, in Sydney. But you might think, well, actually, I'm just not really sure I'm qualified. The missionaries, they can do this one. That, like, I will maybe find another command of Jesus that I can obey. We'll leave this one to the professionals like Scott and Ruth. Like, I'll obey, you know, obey your parents or some obscure thing that doesn't really require much of me. I'll do that one and then we'll just leave this one to the pros. Scott and Ruth can do this one and, hey, we're the body of Christ. Look, it's, 
That is not good theology, just TBH. Or maybe you think, um, you know, I'm not really sure my faith is in a good spot right now. I mean, if you really, if you really knew the mess in my life, I'm not really sure God could actually use me. My faith is weak. I'm struggling. I don't pray much. The five for five thing sounds like a great idea that you guys have. I've never done it. Maybe that's you. But can I just remind you this morning of who Jesus commissioned? Like, did you notice that when Mitch read it? Who Jesus commissioned? Have a look in Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Some doubted. Like some of the people who have laid their physical eyes on the risen Jesus are standing there. Getting too excited. Goodness me, more Coke. They're standing there and they see Jesus and they doubt. I love that Matthew includes that bit because it's so real. It's so real about the type of people that Jesus calls into his mission. Yeah, it's not like Jesus gets there and he's at the top with the, with the 11. He's like, actually, Thomas, mate, I just need a chat. Pulls Thomas aside and says, look, buddy, you know that thing that happened a week ago where you were like, you know, I'll never believe unless I hands and fist and all that kind of stuff. Well, mate, there's no room for you on the team. Sorry. We're, we're, there's no room for doubters. Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't exclude the doubt. He commissions them. He commissions the spiritual battlers and says, go, you who doubt me right now. Go, Thomas, go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've told you. Go. Do you know, Jesus doesn't pick the rich the educated, the social elites. He picks tradesmen and fishermen and social outcasts and a tax collector who's been a total traitor against his own people. That's the team he picks. And he picks that team to demonstrate that God doesn't need your ability. He needs your availability. God doesn't need your ability. Sure, he'll use it. But what he really needs is your availability. God, I'm here, use me. I'm willing I'm willing to put the bin out and just say hello to a neighbour. I'm willing to have the courage to invite someone to something. I'm willing to share my story and make it about Jesus. That's who Jesus loves to use. Because the point is, he says, I will give you my Holy Spirit and I will be with you always. The Spirit is given to empower and equip the mission of Jesus. He's with us. The one who has all authority in heaven and on earth tells his disciples to go make disciples of all nations and says, I will be with you always. Everyone, everywhere. But the reality is you can't go to everyone. There's 8 billion people in the world and it'll take you a long time to get around the whole 8 billion and tell them all about Jesus. It'll be a very, very quick gospel presentation. Like God loves you, bye. But you can go to someone. You can go to one. Who's the one? What is the next step that God is asking you to take 
As we commissioned Scott and Ruth this morning, it's very clear what their next step is. But I wonder what your next step is. Whether you're a part of Anchor Family this morning, you're visiting friends and family of Scott and Ruth, what is your next step? Who is the one person that God has put in front of you? Who is the one person, Anchor Church, that you could invite to introducing Jesus in a few weeks' time? It's very simple to do. I'm not saying it's easy. It's actually very hard. It takes a lot of courage. But it's very simple. You say to someone, hey, my church is holding a course about the life of Jesus. I'm wondering if you'd like to come with me and learn about it. That's, that's pretty simple. It takes a lot of courage, spirit-empowered courage to do that. Who is God putting on your heart to invite to introducing Jesus in a few weeks' time? For some of you, your field is local. But for some of you here this morning, your field is global. God has called you. like In the case of Scott and Ruth, he has called them. Or maybe he will call you at some point in the future to go, to leave, to go to the unreached people, to go to the marginalized, to go to the ends of the earth with the good news of Jesus. Some of you will be called. Many of you won't. Many of you will stay. But I want to suggest that simply because you cannot physically go somewhere doesn't mean we don't engage in global cross-cultural mission. By our support, by our prayer, by our finances, by our investment, by our Skype, by our Facebook inboxes, by our presence and gifts, we participate in global cross-cultural mission as Scotty and Ruth go. We partner. It's the type of connection that Paul enjoyed with the church in Philippi. The church in Philippi were supporters of Paul and his mission. They gave of their finances. They sent people. They comforted him. They visited him when he was in jail. And most importantly, they prayed for him. And Paul enjoys such an intimate connection with them. He calls them his gospel partners and fellow workers. And the word that, <coughs> excuse me, the word that he uses to describe partnership is fellowship. It's like they're there with him. That's the type of connection that we get to have as a church with Scott and Ruth as they go. We're engaged in cross-cultural global mission. Today, we've got the privilege of starting a new partnership. Today, our field where we sow has just expanded a few thousand kilometers. Like it's, it's a long one, right? Our, our field just got bigger, church, today as we commission Scott and Ruth. And so I'm going to invite them on the stage to join me now. We're going to commission them in a second. But I just want to remind you, church, that the mission that Scott and Ruth have been called to is no different from the mission that you have. Make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples of everyone everywhere. Our field is here. Their field is there. Same mission, different field. This is the commission that Jesus has given us. And so in a second, I'm going to ask Scotty and Ruth a couple of questions, and then we will commission them. We will have them down here. We're going to lay hands on them. We're going to send them out. And this morning, we've got a couple of representatives of um, some supporting churches and some agencies. And so we've got the guys from Established Church who are partnering with them. We've got Ollie from Pioneers. Are there any other representatives from supporting churches here? Which, which Park Baptist? Area Park. Area Park Baptist. Who's and, here from Area Park? And Maitland Baptist. Maitland Baptist. Anyone here from Maitland? And Duck 
And Dapto Baptist, you got a lot of Baptist churches supporting you guys. Good, good work. What was the last one? Dapto. Anyone from Dapto? Yes, welcome. All right, good. Thank you so much for being here because we recognize that this is bigger than just us at Anchor and we count it a privilege that we get to serve alongside you guys in sending Scott and Ruth. This is the kingdom. This is what kingdom-mindedness looks like. We play a part in this together. Lots of churches working together to send these guys. You know, at Anchor Church, we believe that it's the local church's responsibility. It's part of the local church's call for the global mission of Jesus. If we hospital past that, if we flick past that to someone, who's going to do it? This is the commission that Jesus gives the church. This is what we're about. Now, simply because God has called us to minister here in secular Sydney doesn't mean we're off the hook from the nations. He calls us all to partner and participate in that. And if we want to be a church or if we want to be churches that reflect the heart of God, we have to have a heart for the nations because God's heart bleeds for the lost. God's heart bleeds for the nations. So we want to be a church that is on about the same things that God is on about, and God is on about everyone, everywhere, hearing about the good news. And so I'm going to invite Scotty and Ruth. I'm going to ask you guys a few questions. Step forward into the light. Um, can you, can you firstly introduce yourselves to us, because not, not everyone here may know who you are, and tell us a little bit about where God has called you to and what you'll be doing. I'm Scott, this is Ruth and Isabel, um, and we feel far from professionals. Um, we, we're incredibly humbled and, and blessed, uh, we feel, um, to go to the Philippines and, and serve the people there. Um, specifically, we feel that God is leading us um, to, to reach those who are marginalised and those who are unreached uh, by the gospel uh, these people include sex-trafficked women, um, abused children, um, children with disability, um, as well as unreached um, tribes that live in the mountains that are, that are so often um, rejected um, by the local people. So you guys booked a plane flight and paid for your tickets. What is the next few weeks and months and year hold for you guys? Like what's next for you guys? So yeah, we leave uh, on the 9th of October. It's all pretty scary and getting fairly real. Um, leading up to that, we've got to uh, wrap up our life here um, as best we can. <sighs> I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I think it's hard when your family's sitting right in front of you. Um, yeah, so um, we're just busy packing at the moment, deciding what to take, what not to take. Um, we're going to spend um, the next couple of weeks with family, hanging out with them. Um, and then when we arrive on the 9th of October, um, we'll be doing three days orientation in Manila with the Pioneers base there. Um, and then we'll be heading down to Batangas City where we'll be living for the first year. Um, and we'll be looking for a house to live in and a car to buy. Um, and yeah, next year basically we're having a year of language and cultural studies. So Scott will be doing five days a week, I'll be doing three. Isabel will be constantly learning. Um, yeah, and so we're, our focus is to learn the language for the next year um, before we move to um, Min the island of Mindoro the following year after that. Um, yeah. Um, now, this is a big sacrifice, like you're leaving family, Izzy's a brand new baby. Um, and Sydney's great and it's needy. Why, why are you going? 
Um, yeah, so for us, um, as Maddie's preached, you know, um, when we read the word, um, the word has truth in it and, um, and God um, calls us to big things, to follow him. And for us, it's, we're convicted. We're convicted by what the word says and the word says to go to the nations. Um, even the verse that, you know, we have as a family, like to act justly, love mercy, um, is, yeah, we believe that God calls his people um, into his kingdom to then share that kingdom with the rest of the world. We believe it's not a faith that you just take on um, by yourself um, or on your own, but you're then called to share that with those who don't yet know Jesus. And um, and God has such a beautiful heart for the poor and the marginalised and the rejected. Like you look at his 12 disciples and you see that they were just a bunch of randoms as well that maybe were despised and rejected by um, their community too, but he chose them. And he said, you know, I'm going to choose you. And so we really believe that um, God has called us, yeah, to reach out um, and that he has people that he wants to set free, um, yeah, from their sin, from poverty, from oppression, um, from trafficking, from sexual exploitation. Like the heart of God is to reach them and say, I love you and I made you and I've created you and, um, and he wants them then to share that same love with others around them. So for us, it's a conviction and we believe that that's what we are here on earth to do um, is to bring the kingdom of God down. Yeah. And we want to say we affirm that. We see that in you guys and we believe that God's placed that call on your life to, to minister to people who are in need. And uh, we've seen you do that here. So, um, yes, we believe that we believe in you for that. Uh, now, you guys have been a part of this church for a while. Ruth, you were on the core team. You helped plant this church. And, Scotty, you were here not long after. As you leave this church family, what are some things that you would want to say to these guys as an encouragement um, as, as you leave? Um, we'd like to say thank you um, and we love you. There's so many people here that um, have sowed into our lives so beautifully. Um, people of Anchor and then also extended uh, extended community and family. Um, so we're so thankful. Uh, we're thankful for um, the hand that you've played in, in refining us and challenging us and rebuking us um, and helping us to grow more like Jesus Christ. Um, we're so thankful for that. Um, if we could, if we could encourage you, um, it would be that this is such a beautiful picture that that God has um, ordained this community. Um, this body of Christ uh, that, that Jesus commissioned when he ascended to heaven. <laughs> he commissioned this body to continue to be his hands and feet on earth, um, to continue his ministry of reconciliation, that the lost would come to know Jesus Christ. And, and you have a, a really precious, beautiful part to play in that, every single one of you. You have something valuable and beautiful to contribute to this body. God didn't just commission individuals. He commissioned us collectively to pursue God's glory, to preach the gospel, and to love on people. So we would encourage you to continue to pursue where it is that God would have you within this, this body because you have a part to play. And we'd also like to challenge you that if you're not playing that part, uh, the, the body is crippled in some way because God designed it that we all contribute beautifully. So be, be challenged and encouraged.
So as we um, commission you and send you guys, how, how can Anchor and the churches here best support you guys, pray for you guys? What, what are your needs? Yeah, we don't want to say thank you. Um, we've hit 100% support and so many of you have played a huge role in that by giving of your finances and, and you know, that mis- it means the mission's yours too, you know. You, it's your crown as well. Um, so thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers, your encouragement. Um, and we just want to say keep, keep up with it. Like, you guys are amazing. We've been so encouraged and we've, we 100% know this is what God wants because so many of you guys are behind us and um, have affirmed that. So, yeah, please keep encouraging us. Send us emails, call us, Skype us, visit us. Um, yeah, she misses you all already. It's really sad. Um, yeah come visit we'd love that as well Um, and please pray for us as a family Um, I think you know any stressful or new situation in life um, yeah we just need extra grace patience and kindness um, towards each other Um, please pray that God will protect our marriage um, protect um, our health particularly Izzy being only um, three months old and um, as well, um, please pray for us and our family, our immediate family um, who are here today. Um, yeah, just pray for all of us that um, the Spirit of God would be our comfort and that we would really know His comfort and that, um, yeah, family can never be replaced. But, uh, yeah, we just pray that God would put people in our lives to fill the void um, of our families. Uh, yeah, so please, yeah, just pray for our families and us. In well, we'll do that in a sec. I'll invite you guys to come down the front and uh, we're going to lay hands on Scotty and Ruth and Izzy and commission them. So if you guys want to head down, this partnership for, um, for Anchor at least, and I'm guessing is true for the other churches represented here, is that we see Scott and Ruth as an extension of our church, of who we are. Uh, And we're fully invested in this partnership with them. And so we're committing as a church to financially supporting them. And that's already started corporately as a church, individually. Many of you guys are doing that. We've committed to um, covering them in prayer. We're committing to visiting them. We're committing to encouraging them. And I promise you, Anchor and the churches that are represented here, your investment in these guys is not a one-way street. You will be blessed, your church will be blessed, your small group will be blessed as you support them. We're going to hear stories of the work of Jesus transforming lives in the Philippines. You're going to hear stories of women and children who've been rescued from the sex industry. We're going to hear stories of churches that are planted and disciples that are being made. We are going to be encouraged in the mission that we have here And we're going to get ideas from what they're doing and vice versa. This is not a one-way street. This is a partnership. And partnership means mutual blessing. And so we're going to to commission these guys. Uh, To do that, I'm going to ask um, Ollie from Pioneers. I'm going to invite James from Established and maybe a representative from the other three churches. And I'm going to invite the immediate um, family of Scotty and Ruth to come down the front now and lay hands on them. So if you guys want to start making your way down the front here, going to lay hands on these guys. So family, immediate family of Scott and Ruth. I just want to give those close preference to, to actually physically reach out and touch them. The rest of you guys can just do it via connection of someone else. So Scott and Ruth, if you want to move forward a little bit. And um, yeah, so immediate family. We've got pioneers, all the churches represented here. Great. And maybe um, the Bur- we've got the Burwood GC guys, if you guys want to come down, and then anyone else who 
knows these guys uh, and would like to get close enough to lay a hand on them, please come on down now. It doesn't matter if this takes time. It doesn't matter if we fill this whole front space up. I want to invite anyone who would like to, to come forward and lay hands on Scott and Ruth now as we commission them. It's good. So before we commission and pray for Scott and Ruth, I want to invite you, uh, the people represented here, friends and family of Scott and Ruth and supporting and sending churches to commit to partnering with them. And I would love a big, strong, hearty verbal response with a yes or a we will or an amen or a hell yeah, whatever you want. Just let's make this loud and, and pledge our commitment to them. So let me ask you this question. Will you commit to loving Scott, Ruth and Isabel? We commit to supporting them financially, upholding them in prayer, encouraging when they're down, holding their arms up when they're weary, weary, being their cheerleaders and friends. Will you commit to Ruth and Scott? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, today, um, Anchor, we get to send some of our best. And um, it's hard to send your best. It's a sacrifice. Uh, I know families, you're sending your only. I mean, it's right. You can't really replace Scott and Ruth. Uh, We send our best and they leave a gaping hole in our lives. And it's a sacrifice and it's a cost, but we truly believe that this is worth it for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of those who they will minister to. And uh, Scott and Ruth, we want to affirm God's call on your life. Um, We believe that God is in this. We've seen your gifts. We've seen your faithfulness in stewarding them. We see your care and love for the poor. We see your passion to use your gifts that God has given you. We've seen your faithfulness in stewarding that. And we affirm the call that God has placed on your life to go to the marginalized of the Philippines. And so Scott, Ruth and Isabel, we commission you to go to the people of the Philippines. And we do so with the the words, of 1 Timothy 4 to Scott and Ruth in particular. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. They will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. But as for you, Scott and Ruth, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Father God, we pray to the God of all provision, the great sender of the Great Commission. Lord, we want to commit to you this morning, Ruth and Scott and Isabel. Please provide for their needs. We pray now specifically for housing, for a car, for community and friendship. God, we pray for them as they step into language and culture learning. We ask for miraculously quick language learning. Please help them to embed themselves in that culture. We pray for neighbours, who they can get to know, people that they can eat meals with. God, we pray for patience in this season of waiting before they get to the mission field to which you have called them. And God, we pray that when they do, 
that you would bring about a harvest of fruit that would come from their ministry. We pray that you would release the oppressed, the marginalized, the broken, those who are trapped in slavery. We ask God that you would plant churches as a result of their work, that you would reach the unreached tribal groups of the hill country. God, we pray that everywhere that they go and every word that they speak, that you would bless these people. Father, we pray for protection. We know that the enemy would love nothing more than to harm and to hurt and to thwart their plans. So we pray against the enemy, his works and effects. We pray that you would protect Scott and Ruth, their family, their health, their house, their ministry, their neighbours. Father God, protect them. God, we pray as the God of heaven and earth that you would open the storehouses of heaven and pour out your blessing on them abundantly. Shower them with your love. Help us to support them, to care for them, to love them, to uphold them, to champion them. Father God, as you filled the early church with your spirit for the mission that you called them to, we pray now, fill Scott and Ruth with the power of your Holy Spirit, that as they proclaim, as they preach, as they love, as they serve, that they would lift up the name of Jesus. God, we know that you want to use them. Please do that. We love them, Lord. We're going to miss them. Pray for their families, their friends, their church. As we grieve, that you'd help us to grieve with a tinge of joy and hope that you have called them to this. Father God, we commit them and we commission them to you in the powerful, strong name of Jesus. And all of God's people said in one loud voice, Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. We love you. Hey, I didn't do this at the first service, but um, I just feel like if maybe um, some of the guys from Established or Ollie from Pioneers or any of the sending churches had a word of encouragement, a word of knowledge, revelation, a prof- some prophetic word for these guys now, if, if anyone, you don't have to, but I just thought I'd check if any of these guys wanted to encourage. Yeah, thanks, Ollie. Yeah, um, guys, just so thankful for um, the opportunity to get to know you and, and the, the wider Pioneers family, I think, have just been so blessed by um, the genuine uh, work of God that we see in you, um, the love that radiates out of you guys. Um, yeah, we're just uh, so thankful for the way that you've been so patient with us as we've walked this journey together. And um, yeah, I think you guys have uh, really exemplified humility. And um, yeah, we're just so excited about what God's doing in you guys and how he's going to use you guys into the future. And uh, that might include some, some really tough times, but we know that um, you know, God's at work. He's gone before you guys. He's, he's with you and he's never going to leave you or forsake you. Um, and we're just, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're with you in this journey. So uh, we're excited to uh, see how God's going to work in the future and, yeah, trusting that his, his blessing is going to be on you guys. So, yeah. Anyone else, family, any family members have a word of encouragement for these guys? Any other churches? Good. Well, we want to... 
just say we love you, Ruth and Scott, so much, and we're going to miss you. We believe in you. How about we give these guys a massive cheer and round of applause and thank you.